You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Welcome to the episode of A Lady and Some Dude Podcast. I'm your host for tonight, Philip Janice, and this is a special Janice family episode. I have my brother Mark and my nephew, our nephew Screaming James on the show. Guys, introduce yourself. Good evening. This is Mark Genese. I'm the younger brother of Philip. Yes, only 11 months younger than him. Um, happy to be on the show. Excited uh, for this opportunity to, uh, to talk sports with, with my family and uh, having my nephew James on the other side there. Um, so... That's me, Mark. You already know who it is. Leia Lay Champion, okay, with my belt, because all I do is get everything right. My name's James. You already know. Hey, for all the people out there, when you need the answers, come to me, all right? La Champion, okay? I popped the bubbly, all right? Call me. All right, James and Mark. Thank you, guys. And the funny story. I I got introduced to sports through my younger brother, who used to li- leave the radio on all night to WFN, FAN, the fan sports, 24 hours all the time. And he got me into sports, so it's going to be fun. So the NBA, NBA, right now is a hot race going on in the NBA. And this race is for the MVP. We saw the two one and two top tier MVPs, big men, Jokic and Joel Embiid went head to head. It seems that um, Jokic won the battle, but will Joel win the war? What your take? Who is your MVP and who in that loss do you think Joel still holds on to that contention to be the winner of the MVP this year? Yeah, for, this is Mark. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a very close race, if you ask me. It's actually a three-team race, if you want to um, really get down to the uh, te- the technicality of it. Um, I got also Giannis in this race. But as far as the MVP, in my opinion, I think Embiid has a slight lead over the Joker himself. You know, if you look at his latest performance, you know, um, I, th- I think the 76ers played the Mavericks and Embiid led the way on both ends against the Mavericks. You know, he posted 32 points, eight rebounds, four assists, five steals, and a block, you know, against Dallas, you know. Um, so I think Embiid's really, really played phenomenal this season. He pretty much had to carry and put the 76ers on his back uh, early in the season when Ben Simmons decided to boycott and not play. Uh, his uh, season average is 30 points a game, which is first in the NBA, 11.3 rebounds, which is eighth in the NBA, 4.4 assists, which ranks 45th in the NBA. He's averaging almost a block and a half, which is ranked 10th. The 76ers are currently number two in the stack uh, NBA Eastern Conference. See, um, I'm, I love the stats. I love what you're saying. This is Phil. I have to. We have to introduce ourselves because we have the same voice. We sound so similar to each other, so we have to introduce ourselves. Love the stats, but to me, I love the eye test, and my eye test tells me Joel still is the top. Yes, Joker won that one battle. Yes, Joker, you know, 
is doing with a lot with less in a sense. Murray is out. Um, uh, uh, Porter is out, you know, and he still carried the team. But to me, winning is the most important thing. Joel helped um, the 76ers all the way to, uh, to, I think they're currently three right now in standings in the NBA. And that's impressive. They actually, they actually went, as of tonight, they are second in the NBA. And that's impressive. Because of simple fact, as my brother stated, all the trauma, all the shenanigans going on around Ben Simmons and still have the team focused on winning. Y'all know me, guests. Y'all know me, fans. I don't trust Doc Rivers. I believe Joel is the coach. <laughs> and Jaeger is the coach. Because, you know, I don't trust Doc Rivers with any league. But other than that, I have to give him credit that he have this ship going straight forward. And that he's, they, he's doing some type of, you know, doing a good job. Like my brother stated, the West is not as stacked as the East. As the West, um, Joker has the um, the duck and the Nuggets seventh. To me, number two is better than number seven. Joker Joker won that battle, but I believe Joel will win the war. I actually have to go on record. I'm actually agreeing with everyone. This is weird. Usually, I'm the controversial ones. Yes, uh, to me, Joel Embiid is the better is the better player. But uh, it's not. It's, it's a very close. Oh, I do believe that is a better way to explain it. It's sort of like, let's say, Jokic is a better all-around player. I don't think anyone would deny that. He, he's better at assisting, better. He could do more on the floor than Joel Embiid. But he's also forced to do that because of Jamal Murray's out. He, there's a couple of injuries that's hindering them. Michael Porter Jr. is out. There's a couple of injuries that's hindering them from, from him taking any type of load off. Uh, Joel Embiid, this is just him. This is not. This is him in and out, no load off. It doesn't matter if the whole team was missing. It was five on one. This is what the man is putting up. Uh, and then with him, with James Harden, when you're talking about who's going to win the, you know, Jokic won the battle, but who's going to win the war? It's hard as... I wouldn't, I wouldn't put the Nuggets even at full strength better than I would put them over the 76ers, especially with James Harden now, the way that man is playing, you know, uh, you know, when, when he actually hit shots, you know, and actually hit his threes and don't, don't go old for 13, you know, they're, they're, they're hard to beat until Kyrie Irving goes and defend them. But uh, until then, I have to go say, yeah, my MVP would have to be Joel Embiid as of right now. As of right now. So to let you know, and Mark stated already, Joel is averaging 30 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, third in the NBA. Joker is averaging this season, he's averaging 26 points, uh, zero blocks, about 10 rebounds, but eight assists. With that said, with all those stats, injuries, 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 injuries. We know that injuries play a big factor. Injuries could rob a team from NBA finals or even playoff appearance. And with the injuries, Stephen Curry, what injury you believe impacts the team the most in the NBA? 
from winning that title? Before I go into that, I just want to go say Luka Doncic is MVP. I don't care what no one says. That's my MVP. But I'm about to go on the injuries. Uh, injuries. Uh, what team do I see? The Steph Curry missing is going to be a big one. That's that's going to be that's going to hurt uh, the Golden State Warriors a lot when it comes to their playoff run. Um, hopefully, uh, Giannis could get out of his day for day and finally heal all the way up completely because that will mess with the Bucks. But I would say the biggest, the biggest one I have the most problem with. I'm not going to lie to you. It's the Clippers. That's the one I have the biggest problem with, with the injuries. Kawhi and Paul George come back. Matter of fact, never mind. I forgot. I forgot about Paul, who Paul George is in the playoff. Never mind. I forget that playoff I said P. that. <laughs> playoff, play, play you know, playoff P. You know, he missed he miss every shot. Never mind. Never mind, Clippers. You guys are good. Don't worry about it. Y'all still going to stay in the basement after this year. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, instead. Now, since I now I have to think about it because it was the Clippers until I thought of playoff P. Uh, the team I would say is surprisingly, I think the Utah Jazz. They are missing quite a lot of people. I mean, they got Bo- Bojan Bogdanovic out. They got Mike Conley out. Those are two big name players that, and people seem to forget how. Well, they gel together and play basketball when all of them are on the court. I mean, they, they, a lot of times, I mean, before injuries, they're putting up the best record. You know, a lot of people forget about that, but I'll definitely put the Utah Jazz up there. Um, they would need their players back. And of course, Brooklyn, if Brooklyn's going to beat the 76ers, we're going to need Ben Simmons. We really don't need him, but I just want to see him shoot a three. It would make me smile. I just want to see one three. Come on, Ben, hit one for me. But uh, and the whole Kyrie Urban situation, I mean, we obviously seen what Kyrie Urban can do when he's uh, able to play. I mean, man dropped 60 points like he was Kobe Bryant. All right. There's only one Kobe, Kyrie. Remember that. But for me, like I said, it's the Utah Jazz and uh, uh, Brooklyn Nets probably need their people back the most. And of course, for me, uh, just a little slip in Jamal Murray. I think it would be nice for the Nuggets. Yeah, James, I'm going to have to agree with you as far as um, um, saying the Golden State Warriors. I think not having stuff there is going to really, really impact their, their playoff chances as far as advancing on top of the, uh, the Western Conference and representing the Western Conference and the NBA championship. Uh, without Steph there, uh, I mean, he's the engine that could for that team. He sets the tone for that team. He's their leading scorer. Uh, without him, they'll, they'll actually going to suffer significantly. Um, he's actually, as a team together, their defense is actually um, actually improved when he plays. So, um, not having him there is going to be a, a it's going to be a, a significant uh, loss for them. It's going to be very challenging for them to advance to championship uh, aspirations as far as coming out the West. Now, the East. I think uh, James is right again. Um, the New Jersey Nets um, without Ben Simmons. I mean, whether Kyrie plays or not, it really doesn't matter because Ben Simmons 
he is a game changer. His defense is elite at six foot ten. Um, he's an all around player. I know James uh, is cracking on the shooting, which has been the subject of a lot of controversy, and rightfully so. He deserves it because the brother just is scared to shoot a jump shot for whatever reason that is. But um, not having Ben Simmons there, you better watch out because I'm saying the Boston Celtics got back uh, Jalen Brown now. So they've been on fire of late. As a matter of fact, they just beat the, the Nuggets. Um, so, uh, hey, watch out for Boston. They got back their missing player. Uh, Jalen Brown, him and Tatum are on a tear. I see that, I see that team um, being the sleeper team to come out the East because they've gotten the player that was on injury to return. So watch out um, if the Nets don't get back Ben Simmons. If, if he doesn't get just not only come back on the court, but if they're not able to gel right, uh, it's going to be a, a very daunting task for Kevin Durant to carry that team, uh, to put all that pressure on his back. We don't know what's going on with Kyrie as far as the the mandate and the vaccine issue, whether he's going to be able to play um, a home game so or away games, whatever the case may be there. He's not going to be there consistent. That's the key. So uh, it's going to be a very, it's going to be a very challenging um, task, a daunting task for the New Jersey Nets. So those are the two impactful uh, players that are injured that need to be there for their teams in order uh, for us to see that, 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 I guess that, Big time matchup of the Golden State Warriors versus the Brooklyn Nets. This must be a green family to stick together, grow together, and sometimes things together. I have to agree. There is nothing like Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry is the engine that could, and the hope was that the three who's started the dynasty will rekindle the dynasty which is Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green. The Golden State Warriors just got back Steph Curry. And on a side note, I still believe that was a dirty play by Marcus Smart. You do slide, but these NBA players, these athletes, professional athletes, are professional for a reason. They know how to move their body. They know every part of the fiber of their body, how to move it and to get to that, um, to achieve their objective. So I'm not saying he was malicious, but I believe he knew what to, he was doing. So Stephen Curry, to me, is the biggest impact. His injury has the biggest impact on his team for the simple fact that those three know how to play together and you could just plug and put any other pieces. And I agree with the Nets. Um, the most the most Im- impactful person is Kyrie, and we see it. We those who have Instagram heard when a fan yelled out to Kevin Durant, who is the best player in the NBA, take over the game. He told the fans sit down and use profanity. I believe Kevin Durant was saying he can't do this by himself. He cannot. You know, he needs someone else to relieve some of that pressure in the sense of all the teams have to do is make somebody else beat them. Uh, and the Nets still have um, a superstar on their team when Kyrie is out and uh, is Kevin Durant alone. He needs someone else to, 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 to have pressure or to teams could just double KD and who you're going to rely, upon, rely on, on. So Kyrie needs to be on the floor or even with Ben Simmons needs to be on the floor 
so we could have that ultimate matchup in the June. We know the Lakers are disappointed, disappointing, and they disappoint us, which leads me to the next question. Is LeBron at this point stuffing his stats and forgot about even the playing game? Is he more worried about covering every stack or achieving every stack as possible to make sure to feel to assure himself that this season is not a total loss? What do you guys think? Yes, so I think it's a, a little bit of both. I think I think LeBron James has already relinquished his 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 efforts in making a I guess a championship run. He understands the team that he has is not the team that he really wanted. So now I think he's just stat chasing, as they say. Uh, he understands that he's trying to become the number one all-time um, scorer in NBA history. He's trying to surpass the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the great Laker. So I think he just passed the other day, yesterday, when they lost to the pandemic Washington Wizards. He passed Carl Malone on sec- uh, to become second all-time leading, um, so I say, scorer and uh, passing Carl Malone, as I mentioned before. I think LeBron James is really focused on um, cementing his legacy as far as, as quote-unquote, being the greatest player to ever live, being the GOAT. But if you didn't know, I will remind you, my GOAT will be Michael Jordan um, and always Michael Jordan for a variety of reasons, various reasons. LeBron James is trying to change the narrative and have individuals forget that the Lakers stink, and they want he want he he wants many to focus on his accolades of his accomplishments, which is is pretty impressive to be honest with you. For a 37 year old NBA player, averaging I think he's averaging almost 30 points, if not 30 points a game, um, and it's, and if you look across the stat line. It's actually phenomenal for a player of his age. Uh, we know he's in phenomenal shape and things of that ex- extent. He takes playing basketball very serious. He takes his body serious. His body is his temple. So it's producing, it's giving, it's producing um, good dividends for him as far as being able to play a certain amount of game and, and being able to produce in those games. So I think really yeah, he understands playing with Westbrook and playing with this, this um, uh, should I say, this this type of ragtag team that he has and for the Lakers, not having Anthony Davis there on a regular basis consistently, uh, him having to carry the load. His mindset now is this season, I'm not going to win a chip with these guys. Let me just take as many shots as I can um, and just really pad in my stats and, and, and really, um, really just kind of pad, pad my legacy as, as the all-time greatest basketball player. Um, I, I don't think LeBron is invested. And um, really, I don't think he's invested in this season, to be honest with you, as far as um, really trying to carry this team um, through uh, the playoffs and, try, and trying to really get them out of the Western Conference. I think he's just really trying to pad his stats at this time. And, and just, this is LeBron, guys. You know, if he doesn't see it, He's not the type to really give it 100%. You know, we've seen him in the past just kind of just not take the season serious. You know, some have said in the past that he, he gave up, and that's why he decided to go to Miami when he quit on Cleveland. Uh, this Lakers season, I think he's given up on this Lakers season as far as 
championship aspirations? I know that was a long-winded question. Answer, forgive me. That's my answer. You want to know what I have to say about all that? Want me? You want me to tell you what I think about LeBron? I tell you, it's the same thing I think about him. Every we should have traded him. That's what we should have done. We should trade him. All right. Listen, man. I I never met a superstar just that. Listen. What? Oh, what was it? Two thousand. What was it? Sixteen, seventeen. All right. The Lakers didn't they have like uh, ninth, tenth place with Kobe Bryant, and he willed them to the playoff, basically by himself, by himself, dropping almost thirty to forty points a game. All right. The eye test. It told me the kind of people that they are. All right. Kobe, Michael Jordan, people like that. They don't give up. They don't care if they were, they don't care if they had one win and it's the all-star game. Guess what? The next 20, 30 games are going to be all wins. All right. That's the kind of people. LeBron's like, hey, yo, hey, we got the first pick. All right. All I, what I really think this is, I think this is all a ploy for LeBron to get Bronny on the Lakers. Yeah, I said it. I said it. It's a ploy and all y'all falling for it. He's trying to get Bronny to the Lakers. All right. I can't say too much because last, last I heard, LeBron brought podcast and he would send me to the Antarctic Penguins and I'll never hear from y'all again. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay quiet on it. All right? That's my conspiracies. All right? But my conspiracy is, is that he's trying to get Bronny to the Lakers. That's, think about it. Think about it. Now Look, James. James. Screaming James, my nephew. Relax. All you right. said something about the eye test, Screaming. Screaming James, you mentioned something about the eye test, and I and I witnessed this with my own two eyeballs. Yes, I saw LeBron James being very demonstrative, and and if somebody missed the shot or didn't pass him the shot, he's pouting on the court, live while the while the game is still going on, live on the court, mid game, pouting, you know, flaring his arms in the air like, oh my gosh. You know, playing. What, what's that thing when they when when uh, when somebody scores and you stay on the other end? What's that called? So, what what oh, basket hanging? Basket hanging. Basket hanging. There was another terminology for it. Phil, you remember that terminology when when somebody scores, you just uh, you uh, you just stand out in the court. So when you get the ball, you get to, there picking. you go, cherry picking. <laughs> yeah, cherry picking. Cherry basket picking. hanging. It remind me of my friend Charles. Anytime he didn't want to play defense. All right. <laughs> Him and LeBron do the same thing. They must have went to school together. Let me, let me tell you something about LeBron. The only thing he got left are these records because he knows he's never going to be better than Jordan. Let's just be what it is. Let's just say what it is. It's too late for him to be better than Jordan. I don't even know why people put him in front of Kobe, but hey, you're apple, oranges, whatever, all right? LeBron is, the way I see him is he is great at every aspect of basketball, but he is not elite in any one category, all right? He is great in all aspects, but he is not elite. If you go to elites, you could talk about like Kobe. He was an elite scorer. Uh, Michael Jordan, you know, he was an elite scorer. But they were also great at things. LeBron is not elite in anything except for flopping. He's the most elite flopper ever. Send him to Hollywood when it, when it's done. All right? Send him to Hollywood. Screaming. Right? Screaming. Are you, some may say, some may argue and play devil's advocate with you, screaming, saying that LeBron can be elite at anything. He just chooses not to be. He just wants to be, you know, good at everything. He can be an elite scorer if he oh, chooses yeah? to be. He can be an elite passer if he I'm just playing devil's advocate, screaming. Oh, no, no. I get what you're saying. You know, I say that same thing when I lose in a game, too. I could have won. 
You know, I probably could have threw two more touchdowns, you know, if I wanted to. But we all know I couldn't. We knew, we knew I couldn't. I just, I said that to make myself feel better. All right. We all know he couldn't, if he, could he be, a, I can't really call him a scorer, but couldn't he have taken a couple of scoring titles? Yeah. I mean, the dude was, what is he, 6'9", 260, 270, all right, 420 pounds running like Brock Lesnar down the court and dunking on people. Who's going to stop that? All right. You got to remember, Ron Ortiz was considered big, as big as a small forward. And then LeBron came and made Ron Ortiz look like a, look like a, a play toy. Okay. He's huge. Without that size, he got nothing. Listen, LeBron, he's going to go down as top 10 player of all time, possibly top five. People are going to argue top two. I still don't even see how he would pass even Larry Bird yet, but people are going to argue top two because Larry Bird did everything he did, literally. Like you look at the stats, he did literally everything that LeBron did, and somehow he just overpassed Larry Bird. All right. All LeBron is is a healthy Grant Hill. That's all he is. You don't have to be disrespectful. Matter of fact, let me let me get some answers for y'all. So I'm over here, you know, they just they about to probably about to go to Golden State. Hey LeBron, how you feeling? You just padding up stats? Okay. Oh, that put to be secret. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I I overheard my conversation. Mark, you want to add something? Well, what Screaming had mentioned earlier. You know, as far as LeBron and the Lakers concerned, he, he said that the Lakers should have traded him when LeBron won that chip. Right after the chip, I think Screaming had mentioned in the past that he, they should have just traded LeBron. And I think that would have been a very, a very viable move for the Lakers to do if they had traded LeBron after they got the chip. That would have been awesome. They would have got some, um, some, some stars back and start the rebuilding process and still be a competitive team. But what's going to happen when the Lakers have a 38, 39-year-old LeBron James? Will he be effective? Well, that remains to be seen. Uh, will the Lakers repeat the season that they have this year, next year, and the years to come? It's very likely that might, that might happen again. Uh, so um, by keeping LeBron there, I don't think the Lakers are going to get any better. I think the Lakers are in trouble for the, for be, for the foreseeable future. Uh, as, as, as Freeman mentioned, it, the eye test says it all. I think LeBron has given up on this season. The Lakers need to make moves and start the rebuilding process. They need to trade LeBron and also lead to trade Anthony Davis, get back some really good players, some really good draft picks, and start this rebuilding process before they will enter the danger zone during those days of Smush Parker. You know, they don't want to enter the, the days of Smush Parker again. Those days were very, very scary days. And if you need, for if Laker you need to know who, if you need to know who to trade for, Jeannie, call me. All right. Because I swear if I see Zion Williams traded for LeBron, all right, Jeannie, I'm only an hour away. I will come to the Staples Center and all oh, I will raise hell. All right. Do not bring Zion Williams. Okay. Do you better woo! Jeannie and you little ooh. Bring me someone good. Well. All I have to say is this. I agree. LeBron is right now. Currently, they are in a playing game, and um, I don't see them um, losing out to the Spurs. They, they have an easy three games ahead of the Spurs for the playing game. The Pelicans <laughs> leapfrog them. So it's the Spurs and Pop and three games 
I trust Pop, but I believe the Spurs, I believe the Lakers will hold off. And you know what? Maybe this is the time for LeBron just to focus on him. You know, focus on him. He's no, he's not gonna get number five this year. You know, he he knows that way. The best he could do is try to get his team to play in game. And also, he's he also know. I believe he also knows that you know this. He's more closer towards the latter end of his career. Why not sit down and enjoy, and and and, and try to leave a, a even greater dent in his legacy. Um, I believe. The Freeman Lakers, James, I think my brother's on drugs. I think he's giving the Lakers way too much credit. He hasn't watched the Lakers play. He hasn't seen the Lakers. <laughs> he hasn't seen the Lakers blow how many how many double digit leads in the third, late third, and fourth quarter. They're resembling the Knicks for God's sake. The Lakers, are, I would say, they're worse than the Knicks. He's giving the Lakers a chance against a pop team. I give the Spurs a chance to jump and surpass the Lakers. I think the Lakers are gonna if they if they're gonna make the playing game by the hair their chinny chin chin. The Lakers are not a good team. They stink straight up stink. And I think my brothers need to be drug tested. I I I actually have to agree with my uncle Mark. All right, I want matter of fact, I want the Lakers to lose. All right, lose. Let's just get what? a good. You pick. don't have any draft picks, <laughs> huh? You don't have any draft picks. Uh, you I, might yeah, have yeah, one, but that's it's not even yours. So listen, lose. All right, number one thing: Trey LeBron in the off season. All right, that, I'm telling you, Trey LeBron in the off. Y'all keep looking at me like I'm crazy. I've been saying it since they won the championship. Trey LeBron in the off season. All right, Westbrook, get him, trade him for John Wall, and then trade John Wall right after. Right, listen, LeBron. Or if you don't want to be traded, retire. I heard Bengal was real nice every Sunday. All right, you can come to my house. We play Bengal together. I got a couple games. I, I think I got life in there where you could roll and see how your life would have been otherwise in basketball. Okay, me and you can enjoy each other's time. Me, you, and Tom Brady. Maybe you could talk him back into retirement. All right, it's done, LeBron. You're a four ring guy. All right, you're not better than Kobe. You're not better than Michael Jordan. You're not better than Kareem Abdul Jabbar. You're a healthy Grant Hill. All right. And I'm talking about Detroit Grant Hill. And James is a Lakers fan. And Mark lives in L.A. I mean, lives in California. So they kind of tainted. I'm not worried about the Lakers. I'm more about, worried about the Knicks. So this is the time, the segment where my brother generally calms me down about the Knicks and I look for the Knicks. I remember I quit watching the Knicks and he brought me back during Lynn Sandy. So Mark, I want to ask you, what is the states of the what is the state of the Knicks? This is the last part of the segment. What is the state of the Knicks? Well, the state of the Knicks is that they they're not a good basketball team. I think they have the talent to actually uh, make the playing game to actually make the playoffs. I think they were a, a, a top eight seed, uh, definitely an eight seed, seven seed. They had the talent for that, but apparently, uh, I guess because of what happened last year, which was of course a formality, um, they made the fourth seed, which. I don't. Which everybody knew wasn't. It wasn't realistic. They just caught fire, uh, so they they went they went along with it and tried to roll the dice and 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 sign Evan Fournier and and let go let go um, <clears throat> Bullock, uh, who was a very who was a very good defender. And the Knicks made their 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 staple. Their, their I guess their identity was based off of defense last year. So they and, and instead of not signing Reggie Bullock back and and maintaining that that 
that staple type of New York defense. They decided to get Evan Fournier, and we know Evan Fournier is, is not a great defender. You know, he's a turn stop waiting to happen as far as the layup drill is concerned. He, he, he tries. Don't get me wrong. His effort is there, but he's just not quick enough. So what, with that said, our defense have really, really, really failed this year. Uh, Fournier hasn't lived up to his uh, $50-plus million contract. Um, I mean, he's averaging, I think, maybe close to 14 points a game. Um, the only bright light of, of the scene is that, well, um, R.J. Barrett has really become uh, a good two-man. Um, he's gonna, he's a future all-star, if you ask me. Um, other than that, uh, the Knicks, uh, Thibodeau is a very stubborn coach. You know, he's a veteran type of coach. If you have veteran players, you're going to play those veterans. The Knicks need to to, to, to really continue their rebuild. Um, last year was actually year one of the rebuild, but because they made the playoff, it set us back. You know, it was unrealistic expectations. Going into year two now, they're in their second year of rebuild. We, like I said, we took a step back this year. And, and Tibbs is still playing these vets, man. The season is a wrap. I think they're five or six games out of the playing game. And Tibbs is still playing his bet 30-plus minutes. These young bucks need to come in there. Tibbs needs to play these young bucks and the young bucks to, to establish uh, them for, for next season because the future is with the young guys. Uh, so the state of the Knicks is we're in year two of the rebuild going into year three. We need to really start really focusing on, on implementing these young players and develop them, um, making them great assets if we uh, need to trade for a superstar who, or we have a disgruntled superstar that wants to leave. We have the, the good assets to trade over. Um, so the state of Knicks, as far as them being a valuable playoff contender year in, year out, we'll still, I think we're still a couple of years away from that. I, I really think they need to really sign Mitchell Robinson, who's been awesome this year, along with R.J. Barrett. I didn't mention him before, but I think he's improved his gameplay. Um, not only that, he's been consistent. He hasn't been injured that much. I think he's, he's had a history of being injured a lot. We've developed him. He was a second-round pick for us. He's been a gem. I think he leads the league. He's top two, top three in offensive rebounds. Um, this guy's been awesome. I know the Knicks and, and his representatives are in negotiations. It, it doesn't seem like the Knicks not, might not sign him, which is weird, but they need to sign this guy. He's, he's, uh, he's going he's to be the hardest of our defense. Um, he, he makes our defense um, pretty, really, really good when, and he, clean, he cleans up a lot of the mess that the guards mistakes the guards make when they can't keep up with their man. So um, I think the Knicks really need to, to keep him too. So the state of the Knicks uh, right now doesn't look too good, but if you look at it from a rebuilding perspective, it's, they're not bad actually, you know, uh, they're doing actually okay from a rebuilding perspective. But if you look at them as a, as a, uh, as a, as a playoff and in a consistent playoff contender, nah, man, it doesn't look good at all for them. You know, they're, they're two years behind as far as that is concerned. So, that's it with the Knicks. Let, let, let me help you. Let me help the Knicks out. You know, I actually, actually, I look at the Knicks like uh, I look. Like, I look at the Bills. All right. Eh. Just why? <laughs> That's how I look at the Knicks. All right. Just why? But I'm gonna help you guys out. You know what I'm saying? From uh, my name is James Mead. Again, for everybody on here, I am the representative of the LA Nation. Okay. I uh. I'm the next coach for the Lakers after uh, Frank Vogel's out this year. So I'm going to send the Knicks a trade. Westbrook for Randall and Barry. And I'm doing y'all a favor. Y'all welcome. You're <laughs> best of what, all right? Let's just, let's just, let's I'll give him for out. Randall. 
we I'll take Randall and nah. I'll take RJ Barrett. Yeah, well, you ain't getting RJ. I'll give Randall in a heartbeat. Randall right. is nasty how, how attitude, about, man. How about how about Randall and uh Fournier? Derek, I need Derek a shooter. Rose. Derek Rose. Nope. Kimmel Walker. Yep. <laughs> I'll take both of them. Why not? They're, they're at least at least I won't have Russell Westbrook no more. They're tradable. At least those two, I know I could trade later on. All right. So uh as a representative of the Lakers, I would like to say this trade me and my uncles have made is uh finalized in uh Derek Rose and uh no, no, I mean not Derek Rose, uh Kim Walker and Julius Randle, welcome to the Lakers. All right, Julius Randle, welcome again because uh since y'all not doing nothing, y'all just like to hand out good players every year. Anytime y'all draft someone good, I mean, you might as well help us out. All right. So since we got Westbrook out the way, hey, uh, let's look at who wants to take who wants to take uh, LeBron James. Is, is that the Mavericks I hear? Luca? Come on, Luca. Listen, <laughs> this is the problem you have. Westbrook cannot play at home. That's the issue with the Lakers. Westbrook. It's too much pressure for him. He cannot handle it. And it's obvious showing his game. I've never seen an NBA player in his caliber shoot the ball the way he does off I, the side of the rim and so forth. That's my thing. I think people are too hard on him. I think he's yeah. not as bad as he's just having a bad year. And I don't mm -hmm. think he's on the right kind of team for him. Correct. I agree. He's just the, he's not a bad player. It's the pressure. The pressure is so much of playing at home. He don't have that that environment to, to where he could be relaxed. And he was in Oklahoma, OKC. OKC loved him. He could do no wrong there. And Houston, he was Houston's savior. And Washington took him. He was a savior of Washington. And and he came through. But it's nothing like playing at home. You know. For all y'all that's talking smack out there, one day when Westbrook get traded and he goes to a team that actually goes around the way he wants to play, all y'all gonna choke on those words. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, he's gonna be a problem. He just needs the right system. I agree. I agree. I agree. With that said, thank you for our first family edition of A Lady of Some Dude podcast. You can hear us on this um, different platform. And you can make yourself, you can make it very easy on yourself. Just Google us, A Lady and Some Dude podcast, and we'll just pop up. Thank you, everyone. Enjoy evening, and thank you, all the fans. And we're out. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time.